Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hey Look Listen podcast. It is me. It is I. It is Jonathan Morrissey. And today I am joined by the incomparable, the amazing, the slightly taller than me, Liam Sheen. Liam, how are you? Taller than you? I actually don't think you are, are you? I think you might be. 6'1? What are you? 6'2. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually. Yeah. I think it's how you carry yourself that I felt taller than you. And the hunch. Yeah, that terrible. No, I meant, terrible I, meant your so- I meant your soul, your inner. Oh, well, yeah. Inner, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell pulling me down early. Um, uh, good to see you, Liam. Uh, it's just you two too. of us today. Uh, no, very uh, quiet. Everyone. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, we wish them both well. Uh, it sounds like they're ill. They're not. They're both fine. They just couldn't make it today. Um, but we will uh, push on uh, without them. Um, and as always, uh, we shall start with, uh, with what we're playing. What are you? What's what's keeping you busy right now, Liam? Well, uh, me and Kev, Kev from Hey Look Listen, Kev and I. Really, yeah. Oh, come on, come yeah. on now. Good shout. Good shout. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just after I got that wrong, I just shrunk down to six. Even. <laughs> I got punished my, for it. My, 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 I straightened up a bit. My hunch is a little. Yeah, yeah a little I noticed that. Now, yeah. yeah, but uh, me and Kev were um, having just like a video chat the other night, and we were playing a couple of games, and we played a single player game mm. together. And uh, I streamed my my screen from Steam, and it's um, it's a really fun game. And actually, Morrissey, I was waiting. I'm I, I waiting till we we're recording to do this. I, I was like, man, we gotta get some drinks. And get you on this as well and play oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Because it's actually so fun, and it'd be great for you because you're scared of shit. Oh god! No, it, it's, <laughs> okay, it's a it's a mega indie game, really cheap, and there's five of them, and they're like old. And I think about a year ago, they became kind of popular in the kind of streamer kind of spheres, as in people, the the, the YouTubers and stuff streaming them. Yeah. They're um they're called I'm on Observation Duty. Oh, okay, I've never heard of this. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. A friend of mine, another friend of mine put me onto it, and I was like, that actually sounds like a fun thing, even though it's single player, to kind of do with friends. And I yeah. I don't have anyone who can come over and play anymore. Everything has to be online. So I was yeah. like, <laughs> I had this thing planned with Kev, and I was like, would you play this spook, a cheap ass spook game with me and see if it's any good? And we had a ton of fun with it. It's um, The premise is you're watching CCTV footage oh. of different rooms in a house. Mm, all right, yeah. And you got to flip around. And if you find something different, like, oh, this chair has moved you got to report it as an anomaly. And there's all these different kind of anomaly types, like, you know, uh, object move, extra object, and then stuff That's like cool. ghost or yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So it basically becomes kind of like a spot to difference game with kind of like five or six rooms and you're flicking through them. But then as uh, you have to, you have to survive the night um, from like, I think it's 12 uh, midnight until 6am. And the longer it goes on, more spoof will happen. So, yeah. so yeah, like we came across a guy, we went back to the living room and there was just a naked man standing there with his lad in his hand. What? We can't see it. He's like cupping it was, it was himself. Just Kev. <laughs> yeah, and Kev, it, it look was at so the wrong bad. screen. Yeah. And, and, and Kev was really like, is that Timothy Spall? It was actually really funny because he looked really like him. <laughs> Which kind of deflated. And it, it's funny because I, I should be trying to entice you onto this. And if the truth is, it's actually not particularly scary. Okay. It's just fun and like goofy. And when a ghost does pop on the screen, it's kind of like, oh, you're and, you're, and, <laughs> and then you have to like you have to kind of panic and go down to your little report thing but it's just and most of it like 80 percent of it is just little things and you get obsessed with just like looking at a room and going was that chair yeah, was always pointed that way? that way or and you can actually get in your own mind and there's five of them all together we've only played two so far uh and and the, and the short time we had it and they're only like 2.99 on steam oh hit me up man and yeah, and uh, they were really fun, and it was nice to play something 
because I feel like the last bunch of times I've talked about like what have you been playing on this podcast? I've been talking about the biggies, like yeah. you know the big triple A's. So uh, it was nice to play something that's not even. I don't even think it has a publisher. Like that's a bit. You know, it's not co-op. <laughs> co-op. That feels like such a thing that should yeah. be. Should be yeah. cool, but I guess it's just save costs, just make it single player, I suppose. If it's really and really even even beyond that, Marcy, I think some Steam games have functionality on Steam of you know sharing with a friend. And I didn't even have that. We had to like open up a Zoom and and screen screen share yeah, off that. The, the that. It, I wouldn't play it by myself, not because it's scary, because I just think it's a kind of a communal thing. And I actually think it could work with um, multiple people. It reminded me, do you remember years and years ago, Marcy, when you kind of combined your friends, your friend groups, a bunch of us, like, <laughs> it was your friends from work. Yeah. yeah, no, it was like you had like work friends and friends from wherever and like us. And we all went out to your house yeah. in Fedimore and you had a free place and we were playing Slender. Play the docks on your go on. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll edit that out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, leave it in. That's, that's funny. Leave it in. <laughs> Whoops. But um, it kind of reminded me of that one. In where like it's a single player game that's just sort of cheap but kind of spooky, and it's fun yeah. to like observe someone else play it. I think this game is exactly that same energy, and I'd love, I'd love to get a group. Me and Kev kind of we did the litmus test, and I'm kind of like that would be so fun with a group and some and some cans even. Well, what we might do is someday maybe we could do it for the podcast. Uh, yes, if you guys want to write in. Uh, to uh, our PO box. Uh, that's Hey Look Listen. Uh, H E. No, I'm not gonna spell. It all. Uh, but no, we could do that. That could be an idea for for content. Yeah. Uh, because Absolutely. we're we're starved of it. Uh, really over here. Um, those days were really fun, man. When we used to play. I, I don't know if people. I think have we talked about Slender Man on the podcast before? Surely we have. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it's what it's looked at as now. I know yeah. the whole phenomenon of Slender Man is kind of solid because of the real life. Um, Horrible things happened in America with the attempted murders, but um, I know nothing of those. Uh, it's a on. bit oh. too heavy for the okay. podcast. I'm, I'm, yeah, but but I remember that that game when we were playing it was in like a beta. It wasn't a full game. Yeah. I don't know how it ended up being as a full game, but I like horror games that aren't like that. It almost like the cheaper, the more simple, the better. When, yeah. when you used to have when I used to have friends over who don't play games, like you know maybe like drinking before going out, you know. That would be the perfect thing to throw on. I know it's like a whole, it's a whole media franchise now, but back when it wasn't and it was a singular thing, I used to play Five Nights at Freddy's with friends like that because the concept is so simple that anyone can do it and it's scary. So you get jump scares and everyone laughs and it's like non gamers can like, you know, enjoy the pleasures of it. That's kind of condescending, wasn't it? But, but, um, (laughs) and this one, this I'm I'm on observation duty has that same kind of energy, I think. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, usually someone asks me what I'm playing, um, but I'll ask myself. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. I, I, did, I did it internally. Uh, man, I've been playing a lot. See I, see, I tell you all the things I'm playing anyway, and I talk to you about when I finish it. Um, but I'll go back a bit a few weeks. Uh, I recently finished uh, the remake of uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah. like it's weird. Like, I first I loved it, I'll say that right off the bat. I absolutely loved it, enjoyed it. it took about 40 hours give or take sounds about um, right yeah it was like it was it, it wasn't mo- it, it was mostly challenging i actually found some of the big boss uh, fights were a little bit bit tricky for me um never touched the difficulty though i promise um but it's it's a fascinating game because it had me hooked really really strongly for about 20 odd hours maybe even 30 hours and it wasn't until i actually got to the shinra skyscraper that it started to lose me ever so slightly yeah. Um. I, I. I. purposely haven't actually read many reviews or anything of it because I want to go back and play a bit of the DLC. That's. That's what it is. Well, I can't remember what that's called. Um. But 
it had me until then. And then it just, I don't know, it just kind of started to feel like it ran out of steam a little bit. Um, I, I felt like it, it, there was like two or three different times I thought it was ending, and then it wasn't, um, which Owen did warn me about before. Owen's like, the Final Fantasy game. You're going to think it's ending, you know, every <laughs> every hour for the last 10 hours, which was good, good advice. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, again, I will say the only thing I thought was a bit strange about it was occasionally I would just have to move some crates. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, is that a Final Fantasy thing? Is that like a modern no. Final Fantasy thing now? No, it's not. No, it's no. Just specific just to that some, game. Some some stuff in that game that they added in to kind of um, pad it a little bit. That's very kind of unnecessary. Even so, those whole side plots that are in the main story that I, at the time, I was kind of like, oh, exciting new content in Final Fantasy VII universe. But looking back at it, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm glad we got the character of Leslie. You know, he's a brand new character. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we get it, we get his side plot. No, like cut cut it out, yeah. cut it out for a, a bit of a, a tighter experience. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I never, I never, I only played the original for a few hours and, and never finished it. But it is like, I did need to Google or check what new bits were added. Do you know what I mean? It, it was, it was fairly, it, it felt fairly apparent. But, um, but I have a question for you. Yeah, then, if you were like really engaged by it and you really liked the world and the characters and the story, mm-hmm. as a first time player, were you a little bit? betrayed by the ending when stuff that you probably didn't understand what was happening started showing up i think like, do you did you know who the black-haired guy carrying cloud across the desert was and stuff of that no just... no idea absolutely See, no idea and, and that's don't. for us that's yeah. for us and that that's not like a tease for the sequel that's very much for final fantasy 7 fans it's kind of a twist for them and even at the time i was like but if you had played it the original no you idea. don't know yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a emotionally unsatisfying because he pops up i think two or three times he pops up in a couple yeah. of cutscenes earlier in the game like he has to fight all these kind of soldiers and yeah, stuff and yeah, i was like yeah. i remember at the time thinking oh he'll pop back in again in this game won't he you know that'll give me some mm-hmm. explanation and he doesn't um yeah which is fine um but i will say one thing about it it is one of the most polished video games i've ever played um in regards to the looks and the gameplay and the music my goodness the it ha, it has some of the greatest music i've ever heard in a video game and i've had it on spotify pretty much non-stop since um like for you like because you played and you finished this is this does it is it faithful to the original are you like were you happy with it as a remake do you think it, it yeah it earned it? yeah and it is very popular but also yeah. divisive yeah, even even some people still aren't aware the fact that, like Marcy, the part of the story of, of the original game that you played is only about four hours in the original yeah, Final Fantasy yeah, yeah. VII. Really dragged out. Uh, <laughs> I'm I was I, I've said I've talked about this game like a lot in this podcast, and elevator opinion is that uh, yeah, I love the new interpretations of these characters in this world. I love how uh, even though I complained there about extra content, it could be a bit tighter. I do like how more um, textured and lived in and believable this world is. I and I've even come to terms with the ending and what it means for the future or the sequel of this game as well. It might be a little bit less a fateful adaptation of Fantasy Seven than um, it originally seemed to be. But um, I love it. I think it's even better than Final Fantasy Sixteen. I still oh, think it remains. I still think it. Opinion, it I, I, I still think it's the best modern Square Enix thing. Uh, although in saying that, I've never played Fourteen, which is apparently the fucking the new linchpin of the series for a lot of people uh, who played that game the online one but uh, seven for me seven remake was oh i forgot square enix can make really good final fantasy games good yeah, good yeah. i'm happy with this <laughs> yeah. well, i'm looking forward to the next one anyway um and then i am also and we'll hopefully get to this in an episode uh in the next uh, few episodes uh playing tears of the kingdom um i just checked i'm i think it's you know the chance is over 25 hours or whatever it doesn't give you exact yeah yeah we played I haven't even finished the Wind Temple yet, uh, which is the very yeah, first yeah. Uh, temple. Um, I've never potentially played... your first temple. 
Yes, yeah, true, true. It doesn't have to be. You're bang on. Um, I've never played a game that has that kind of scale before. It, I've, I, it just feels huge, absolutely huge. It does. It doesn't feel overwhelming. I'm still in the kind of the the stage where stuff distracts me, and I'm happy I'm distracted, and I come back and figure something else out. Um, uh, I'm playing on the OLED, uh, which I think now finally is worth the money. Uh, it still looks incredible for a game that's running on an engine that is what six years old. Um, it's like I don't we won't go into too much now because I know you don't do either. But like the first twenty four hours I played have been magical. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only word oh. I can do. It's just incredible. Like it really, really is. Love to hear it, man. It's, oh, it's so good. Um anyway, uh on to uh our main uh topic of conversation today. Um bit of an interesting one. Uh, I don't know what Liam has picked, it's not what I've picked either, but we're gonna cover our favorite protagonist in video gaming or or maybe not exact you know it changes right but our favorite protagonist in gaming right now and then also our least favorite protagonist in video gaming um i don't think, i don't think mine are controversial at all liam i don't know are yours going to be controversial or are they well there's so many different i when i was thinking about this um today because we came up with this topic no today. no no this is this, this episode <laughs> was recorded months ago we're very no, uh, um, way ahead of time there's just so many different criteria and how you can approach uh, what makes a good video game protagonist. Sure. So rather than kind of like choose my favorite favorite, I just decided what angle I was going to come at this from. Mm. Like, am I going to, is it, is it a narrative thing? Is this a well-written, believable human character? Or is it just like, this is a cool character to inhabit mm. or just like, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what you went for, but I kind of, I, I, thoughts, I think yeah. I came, I think I came up with two that are good. Although I don't, I'm hoping when I start talking, I, it'll, my, my thoughts will just form. They will. <laughs> That's the power of editing though. You know, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, if you, if we can just pause it here and then in two or three hours later, you can just, you know, edit yourself back in. Don't worry about but, it. Can I, but can I ask you like thematically, do you feel like a protagonist in your own life? And more importantly, do you feel like a protagonist in other people's lives? Uh, no to both. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you're more like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of your own life, just kind of <laughs> hanging out in the back of it, just in the background, Riley commenting, passing through. Yeah, just making little comments and moving on. I'm, I'm an extra in my own life. Uh, really, is what I feel like half the time. Uh, or sorry, they're not called extras anymore. What are they called? Um, are they not? No, they're not. They're called. It's like non-speaking actors or something like that. They've they've changed the name. Well, they were almost digital entities, weren't they, until the, yeah, the strikes happened. We are so topical on this podcast. I know people <sighs> keep saying it. They keep saying it. Um, but, Fly uh, me to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not even going to... I want people to, to, to figure that out naturally. I'm not even going to go for that. Um, well, let, let us start then. Well, you pick. Would you like to start with your favorite or your least favorite? What, like, what, what would you want to cover first? Oh man, it's a good question. Do you know what? Until this very moment, I thought I was going to say favorite, mm. but I almost want to hear your favorite first. And I think you're insisting that I go first. So I might start with my least favorite. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm insisting anything, but yeah. <laughs> you're not insisting anything. I just <laughs> wanted to, I created my own narrative there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to be big negative. I'm going to be a big negative Nancy and begin this episode of protagonists with my least favorite video game protagonist of all time quote unquote and when you uh, came up with this topic because this was another great one that Jonathan came up with I had like a sea of favorites mm -hmm. potential favorites yeah. like I said coming at it from different angles I couldn't really like 
because like if I played a lot of games, you know, I usually really liked the games and usually liked the main character. I think a lot of the ones that I, I kind of thought initially were would have been bland ones. Yeah, yeah. Like forget them. White man with gun. A lot of those in the two thousands. <laughs> oh know? shit, that's that's my fucking favorite. No, no, but I almost wanted to find one that was kind of personal to me. And I think I came up with a good one. And uh it's the reasons why I dislike this character is, you know, well, I just I don't think I'll have anything really profound. I just fucking hate his guts. But um, <laughs> wow. but and I but I kind of vacillate between being completely confident in that opinion. Yeah. I'm like, obviously he's shit, and I, and also being a bit of a spoil sport because I think a lot of people like this character, you know, ironically. And I have a bit of an analogy. I was out the other night. And I was talking to someone and she was saying, we're talking about Star Wars. Star Wars came up mm. and she was saying how much she loved the prequels. And I was like, I hate them <laughs> because I, I, I'm a man who grew up in the 90s. And I, that's the age. I'm at that age where we, do, we, do, we don't like the prequels, right? That's just a thing. But they've come around. Everyone loves them. But her kind of argument was, oh, but, you know, they're fucking just like funny and like the memes and stuff of like that. And I get that. I have more truck with that than someone, you know, t- trying to tell me that, you know, they're well written and yeah. or they're, that they don't, me- they're, they're not messy scripts, you know, or they're, they're like profound because they're not in those. I have more truck with people going, oh, I like the memes, you know, the hello there and all that and all the silliness. And just because it's, you know, this very particular thing. But I couldn't, I was still just being such a fucking sour bitch in the bar. And I was just like, no, I hate them. I absolutely hate them. And that's exactly how I feel about this character. Who is named Shadow the Hedgehog? (laughs) 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 Did you see that coming? (laughs) Could be there all night. Never. (laughs) Because Shadow, although a supporting character within the Sonic series, let's not forget, is often playable and has had his own game. So he is a video game protagonist. (laughs) But I have more toes dipped in to the Sonic pools than I should admit it was my proto game series the first one that i loved that sprouted all the other ones and i was there gandalf when um shadow was introduced in the much beloved sonic adventure 2 on the dreamcast and in in the sonic fandom that game is very loved i have the opinion that they love the first level of it which is called city escape which has a song with lyrics that's absolutely slaps and sonic is surfing on a piece of metal as a truck drive and i think people who love the game really just love that level i'm being i'm being, this is this is going to be maximum sassiness for this whole bit by the way <laughs> but that was the game where shadow was introduced and it was really popular it, it is now a really popular sonic game and it was the one that made me go maybe i shouldn't play sonic games anymore it was the, i remember i was about 13 14 and i went i don't i, I hate this <laughs> I, absolutely, I absolutely hate this maybe i should finally hang up my sonic morph suit or whatever you know I age age 14. <laughs> 14 and um shadow was introduced and i'm not a big fan of uh characters who are just evil versions of main characters yeah. in general even in franchise i like like i love the metroid prime trilogy uh but in two and three, the main villain is Dark Samus, kind of evil Samus. And I'm like, nah, I never really liked that character. Uh, Metroid had also done a Dark Samus in one of the Game Boy ones, and that was like way better. But I think to immediately compare Sonic to Mario in another way that, like, uh, sorry, one way of many that you know, Mario is like, frankly, superior, <laughs> is that I do like Wario and Waluigi, though. Really? I do. Yeah, I'm not going to go on. Because when, when, when I did my Mario episode early in this year, I replayed um, 
Super Mario Brothers Six Golden Coins, mm. which was the first introduction of Mario, and he's such a little ugly fucker in it. And I kind of respect <laughs> how we what a weird little <laughs> he is. <laughs> I don't think we've been a bomb in the podcast before. Um, you're you're supposed to hate him though, and he and he does a good yeah. job of you know attracting that attention. So I, I give him that, yeah. But the the ways to make him an evil Mario, in my opinion, are all the right ones. Make him ugly and weird and greedy. And he, that makes him a fun and funny character. Okay. So all, like he's, all, he's, the, he's, all, he's, all the ugly people listen to the podcast being like, am I, am I the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I evil? No, no not ugly, but uh, no. You, you meant ugly like uh, in character. I know what you meant. You didn't mean ugly in looks. I got what you meant, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, but, but um, and he's goofy and he like, he kind of makes me laugh, Wario, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like even the newer games, he's just so silly. And what they did to make an evil Sonic was make him really edgy, dark, and troubled. And he's actually an ancient entity that they that was created. I don't even, I don't know his backstory, right? And he has this really deep voice. And I remember just having none of it in Sonic Adventure Two when I was playing it. I and he he had, he he skates around on wheelies as well. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 really? this is. The, this is the most 2000s fucking character ever made. <laughs> and that's to circle back around to my beginning of this of feeling a bit like a party pooper. If someone said that's all the reasons why people love that character, I get it. Because I do think there's some earnest love for Shadow out there. But I think there's a ton of ironic. And why wouldn't there be? All those things I said are really funny as well. Yeah. But I've just never got over my initial hump of absolutely hating that character. <laughs> hating that, how indicative he was of Sega trying to write these like proper stories for Sonic yeah, Hedgehog yeah, yeah. and they're all like really embarrassing. <laughs> sorry, Sonic fans. I said up front, this is going to be a sassy segment <laughs> and sorry, Star Wars fans. Um, Revenge of the Sith is as bad as the other two. You're deluded. Oh. This, this is my sad. This is my sassy section. <laughs> but um, I do this here, but yeah, I know I'm, I, I'm only being facetious mostly, <laughs> but um, when the, the amazing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was happening and it was that really cool time when all these characters were being put into um, all these DLC characters from from all the branches of gaming were being put into it. It was so exciting. I love that. Even when a character that I didn't really care about came into it because I, I got my dream character for that and I got a couple of characters I thought was really cool. So even when someone like Minecraft Steve got announced, mm. although I wouldn't be excited, I'd be like, I, that's really cool because yeah. Minecraft is so beloved. So imagine like, also, it's such a big franchise, Huge, but one yeah. of the pop, really popular characters... Oh, no, sorry. What, what I'm trying to say is I was open to any character getting into that, except Shadow the Hedgehog, who was a very popular choice that people wanted. I was the only one where I was like, no, if, if the character you want to get into Smash Brothers is Shadow the Hedgehog, I, I don't know what to tell you. He doesn't deserve it. He don't, you can't have a character select screen that has like Mario and Link and Donkey Kong and he's like, you know, Mega Man. And you have these like you know iconic characters and have shadow on it. It just doesn't seem right. It's like pissing on the Mona Lisa or something. It just it's not it's not correct. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you were in a room with Hitler, Osama bin Laden, <laughs> and Shadow Hedgehog, yeah. and you had two bullets in your gun, who would you who would you shoot? I would I would make out with Hitler. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> no one gets trapped. That's good. It's very peaceful. Yeah. Speaking of guns, Omar, see, when he got it, when he finally got his own game in around 2004, the spin-off game Shadow Hedgehog, he they gave him guns. Like it's a gun. Photorealistic. No, he picked up several guns as pickups in the game. He photorealistic, as in design-wise, 
pistols and machine guns and rocket launchers and he drove cars even though the sonic characters are famously they run really fast so why would he need to get into like a vehicle and again i'm i'm self-aware enough to go that's really funny <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. if you if you were if you were a kid in 2004 and now you've grown up and you're talking to your friends you'd be like what the fuck was that shadow game we were playing is that not like yeah. the dumbest thing ever yeah. and you'd love that but i am a bit of an ebenezer scrooge with this one particular character Sort of with this one particular video game franchise, you know, I'm loathed. To, I kind of like Sonic more than I, I, I care to admit. And I can name a lot of Sonic characters, but I'm kind of loathed to ever kind of get closer to it because there's kind of a stink on it. And and uh, yeah, I just never vibed with this character. And I actively, I actively dislike him. And um, I kind of like in, in, in the Legend of Zelda franchise, there's a character called Tingle. Hmm. who is a creepy ass 35 year old who's dressed up as an elf who was designed to be purposefully weird and off-putting and kind of you know he has a bit of a sex pest vibes and i find that very funny like for me he even got his own spin-off games um i find that that very funny just as a character because that's a part of you know the weird fucking vibes that nintendo always are sorry that zelda always has under always has under the hood but he after wind waker he never got into a main game again because hmm. he was so disliked and i think that's sacrilegious and i think it's why why tingle and not shadow hashtag but apparently, apparently it's not gonna happen because he's in the after credit sequence of the new sonic Hedgehog movie as well he is like easily the most popular is, is character he the, he's that popular really he's the, probably the most popular after the, like the the trifecta knuckles the triumvirate that, yeah. of wow. <laughs> sonic tails and, and knuckles yeah uh and yeah i actually fully admit that that whole segment that i just did there was hollow and didn't like i didn't really garner any insight into it but I don't like him, and that's why I chose. No, him I, I think I think the hatred and the dislike came across very pure. Um, actually, I think it, it seemed very very heartfelt, uh, almost. Um, and it's weird because my favorite character uh, is Shadow. Shadow Hedgehog. Hedgehog. Maybe, maybe yeah. Who's um, your favorite body pillow, though? <laughs> top that's three. for sure. Top three. Uh, <laughs> the one where I have your face on one side and Owen's face on the other. That is my favorite body. Well, we tried. We tried to make that as a Halo Glisten merch in the, in the old <laughs> days of the podcast, but yeah, we only <laughs> produced one, and it went missing actually from yeah. the storage unit. <laughs> <laughs> that was really creepy. Um, well, thank you, Liam. Um, that's good. I, I, I love it. I love when I couldn't when I can't call it. Um, can you have positive vibes, please? I, I feel like I've, I've created energy. That I, I only want the viewers to have this energy anymore. <laughs> we can edit in better energy. Um, <laughs> mine, yeah, look, mine is, is a little bit predictable. Um, are, you, but, are you going for best now? You, I'm going favorite. to go favorite, yeah, favorite. Yeah. Uh, this took me a while, though. I had the same kind of thoughts you had. Um, even though I can't, I, when I came up with the idea, I kind of originally was thinking um, my favorite to, to play or the one yeah, yeah. I, you know, that that brings a game together for me, or the one I love going back to visit. So originally, I was going to say Solid Snake. That was kind of where mm. I landed. Um, yeah, I think Metal Gear games are twenty five years old now, and I was really kind of going through why I love Snake. I couldn't really get past anything other than that he's a bit cool, which you kind of yeah. touched on earlier. You know what I mean? There isn't like a massive amount of depth to him. And again, as you've mean you've both have experienced. I don't like trying to explain anything about Metal Gear on this podcast because it's very difficult. Um, and so trying to trace his lineage and how I was like, no, I'm going to stay well away from that. Um, and then I kind of landed on Gordon Freeman for a bit. Oh, yeah. Adore yeah. Half-Life. But what does he add to Half-Life? Really? You know, n- not that much. He's a silent protagonist. Um, it's more the he's game. A unique, he's a unique, cool design. And he's he's cool in the way that other characters talk to him and about him in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's yeah. he's the coolest scientist ever. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Oppenheimer. He's pretty. Was he always <laughs> yeah. controversial to say that? Um, so many sure. topical things we're mentioning in this one. Incredible, yeah. Again, we should do this more often. As I said, we actually recorded this two months ago, so I'm not even, yeah, I don't even weird. know how you knew Tony Bennett did. Um, <laughs> really weird. Uh, but I actually landed on uh, and no surprise here, really, uh, Gareth of Rivia. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of thinking of uh, a character in a world that I really, really love, um, and. It is The Witcher 3. Um, it's pro- I think it probably is my favorite game of all time. Um, mm. But I, it's, and it's very fresh in my mind because actually just before I played Final Fantasy, um, I went back and I played uh, Blood and Wine, uh, one of The Witcher's uh, DLCs. Um, Celebrated DLC, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece. It genuinely mm. is. Um, it's huge. It was, it's like 40 hours in its, in its own right. It has an incredible story. Um, set in a, like a brand new part of the map in Toussaint, which is like this French incredibly colorful map which is the opposite of kind of the dark and dreary world of uh you know of the continent that you, you have been playing for for most of the game um but i went back because uh you know there was a, a an update for ps5 to make it look nice and, and pretty again and, and really fresh um and i dropped like 30 more hours in that world um and i got the actual complete ending which i actually won't spoil for anyone who doesn't because i know you and owen haven't played it I know, yeah. It's a similar ending kind of to Red Dead Redemption, the first one you kind of think you finished it, and then you have to kind of go off and do something very innocuous to kind of really, really get the ending. Um, but I was kind of thinking about why I liked Geralt, and that actually threw up a lot more, um, like, nostalgia, um, uh, like, depth of feeling, um, and also the fact that I kind of created my own Geralt, obviously, in the game. You, you know, it's, it's similar to this kind of mass effect idea where you can kind of make choices and you can kind of not not, not exactly like, you know creating your own shepherd but you can kind of say Geralt in one way or the other right um and for anyone who's not listening uh he is uh Geralt is a witcher um they are uh, monster hunters um uh basically uh, he was given up as a child uh, his family didn't want him and he was sent off uh, to train and become uh, a witcher um he's a, like a supernatural six-pack tall guy with beautiful you know white hair and amazing beard very attractive Ooh. uh just to, you know to our lady listeners sorry our lady listener um uh just to kind of really get them excited and played by henry cavill of course uh in the tv show for now for now yeah again um yeah oh yeah hemsworth oh god i forgot about that oh i don't know how they're gonna do that but whatever um but the reason i kind of love him is that he like The Witcher Three is is a fantastic game. Um, it, it's it's very story driven. It's really dialogue heavy, um, which is kind of actually one of the reasons I landed on the, my protagonist I dislike the most, um, which I get to uh, after you obviously. Um, but um, uh, Doug uh, Cockle uh, does the the voice work uh, for Geralt, and he's absolutely incredible. He has this you know amazing raspy kind of voice that's very you know, pleasuring to listen to. Oh, that sounded weird. Uh, it's very Ple- nice. Pleasurable? Pleasuring, pleasurable. Not pleasuring oh, sounds like you're wanking off to And like yeah. power to you. Okay. We're all I friends here. so open. Uh, hey, look, listen. But don't look. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, he, but he, he is kind of what, what drives the game and what really brings all of it together because he, and like he, when I was actually going to break down his character and kind of what I liked about him, he is a bit of everything and it's kind of cheating in a way. Like he is this kind of, uh, really muscly kind of bravado guy who can walk into a tavern and you know knock out eight or nine guys easily. He fights dragons, he fights monsters, he you know gets the girl. Uh, he's witty, he's funny, he kind of has it all. Um, but what I like about him is that in in the Witcher universe, um, witchers are supposed to be emotionless. 
they're supposed to have actually suppress their emotions to become a witcher. Um, and so they're not really supposed to have that kind of depth of character. And um, the books, which are really, really good, and I really recommend anyone who's looking to get into that, uh, to that kind of world. Um, the other witches you meet along the way, they're written exactly like that. It's really well done. Like you almost find yourself bored fucking reading them. Um, and so when Geralt kind of comes into the scene, into the picture, it just really brings a lot of life and kind of a vibrancy to it, which is the exact same as the games. Um, he's nearly always the funniest character uh, in the scene. Um, he has this very, very kind of genuinely warm heart. Like he's, he's your classic kind of tough guy, right? Trying to trying to act like he doesn't give a shit. He's like trying to impress the women, the ladies. Um, but when it comes down to it, he wants to do the right thing. Even though I did my best in the game to make him do the wrong thing. Um, which just seems to be some sort of character flaw I have as a person. Um, You've paid the money for the games. You can play them any way you want. Why do I want to play them all like that, Liam? <laughs> that, like, needs to tell that to my therapist because I don't think that's, what, I don't think that's okay. Um, but I think, you know, The Witcher is, is, a, is an absolute monster game. Like, I was looking at Blood and Wine. I think I'd already dropped, like, 350 hours on the main storyline, which is, which is, yeah, which is crazy. And I've never actually done that with a video game where there was a, a, a character who wasn't a silent protagonist, if that makes sense. Um, like I look at Breath of the Wild, it dropped 100 hours into that. Like Skyrim, I've played so much of. Divinity, all these games, they're usually games, like mostly RPGs, where I create the character and it's more really me. I'm kind of projecting myself onto that, you know, onto that hero and I am the one imagining myself, you know, killing, you know, uh, dragons and getting the girl, whatever. Um, but Geralt has to kind of basically carry that game over those 300 odd hours countless side missions countless story missions um and he does such an incredible job because he's written with such depth and such care um there are some ludicrous moments with him in the game i, I won't lie there's a very famous scene obviously where he has sex on top of a unicorn uh with yeah. yennefer um that's really really silly um but that's also why i love him because there's not many tough guy uh characters in video gaming who also kind of laugh at themselves and are also mm. goofy but mm. kind of, but kind of pull it off. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, you think of people like I was, I was thinking of um, Marcus Phoenix um, from Gears of War. Right. Uh, I thought about myself. I inserted him into The Witcher and took out Geralt. What kind of a game would it suddenly become? Um, it would, it would, it, it would lose all of its charm, right? Um, do you know what the thing about Gears of War is, is that Marcus Phoenix is the main character, but the one we care about is Dom. Yeah, yeah. So it, and. I know. I think Owen loves Marcus Phoenix. So I don't want to tread anyone's toes here. Um, well, it will get him on. Where is he? Owen, come on in. In the bait. No. Very good. That was very good, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, I don't know. He, yeah, he has this as well. This this fantastic uh, love triangle uh, in The Witcher um, uh, between Yennefer and Triss. Um, I will be. Team Yennefer forever. Uh, Triss is, has just some of the worst voice acting in a video game for a long, long time. She, Hold on. Yeah, it's just terrible. Um, she's also one of the only Americans in the video game. Everyone else has like a British or uh, yeah, mostly British accent. A few Scots in there, a few Welsh, um, a bit of Cumbria. Oh, that sounded a bit Jamaican, didn't it? Um, can, you, can you edit that after and make it sound more no. Cumbrian? Okay, well, can, can, can I edit the actual... Yeah, the accent you actually change my accent, yeah. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it a go. Yeah, Amateur yeah. editor that I am, I'm sure I can do that. <laughs> um, but it's he's he's a flirt. Like Geralt is a little mm. bit of a flirt, and in Blood of Blood Wine, especially, uh, Yennefer kind of comes back on the scene in a big way, and Geralt's character kind of devolves into this almost Twilight esque 
a teenager fawning after this girl and he kind of drops all the bravado for like about maybe 10 hours of the game and it's just glorious it just makes you fall in love with him even more because he's such a goof and he's such a bit of a, a helpless bit of a tool um but i think about when when i think about characters that i really love in video games and and movies as well it's people i relate to um and i can't relate to him at all Liam. Um, oh. yeah and uh, I wrote that down I was doing the research earlier and I was like oh I thought that would all tie into a nice little bow no I don't really relate to anything he does uh, to be very very honest um, we're, we're very very different people um, but what I would say um, I do think if you look at kind of who Henry Cavill uh, plays in the Witcher TV show the books and the game it's actually the game that gets it I think the most right um, like the books Geralt's personality really differs massively um, from short story to short story. Like the first two books are mostly short stories. Um, and he kind of, his personality changes just to serve the story. Like in the mm-hmm. first couple of stories, he's this kind of, he's a bit of a thief. Um, he's not super trustworthy. And then the next story, he does somehow become, you know, he's the knight in shining armor. It's like, wait, hang on a second. This guy had a bunch of character flaws in the first story. Where are they gone? I think the, the Witcher video game, they blend it together. And by the end of the game, he's an incredibly complex character. Um, and what, that really works well in, and it's actually for, well, for so cyberpunk is, is kind of the other game I was going to kind of compare it to. Um, because he's so complicated, the choices you have to respond with are also complicated and have a lot of depth to them, um, which makes sense. And that just adds such a great kind of added layer to the game. Now you can't exactly change the, the end of the game that massively, um, but if you're doing something cyberpunk, um, because the characters don't have that kind of complexity and because they don't have, they're not as well rounded or as well written, you can't respond to other characters with as much depth or as much thought as you'd like to, which again, mm. because the characters don't have it. So um, I think for me, when I look back and all the games I've played, Geralt is a, a character I could insert into any video game. I think he'd kind of work. Uh, or I'd like to just kind of see him there. Um, and I loved the TV show. I thought it was a fantastic rendition. Um, I am really upset that uh, Cavill has walked away because he, he did a really, really good job. And Hems are, well, I don't know how they make that work. Um, but I do hope for a Witcher 4 with Geralt, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I know there, Surely, well, the Witcher, it's announced. Nana, but, yeah. Nana print money, you know? You'd imagine so. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the way the video game industry works, Liam. They're not mm. all about money in, in the video game world. Can I ask you something? No. Is, because uh, I haven't played it, I'm one of the five people in the world who hasn't played it, and one of the one people with a podcast um, about gaming. <laughs> but uh, is there? He's never too much Captain Wow, is he? Is he flawed enough? He's never too perfect. Is the writing good enough that they don't allow him to be this kind of, I don't know, like yeah, kind of male wank fantasy? No, he's well. Hmm. The two different things there because I think um, <laughs> uh, like I do think he he has flaws like his, his background especially in the in the books which is touched on in the first two Witcher games I've only played a, a bit of each and I haven't finished them um, where he had a reputation as like a butcher um, mm. where he would mur- like kill people and murder people before talking to them before being able to kind of explore what was going on and he wasn't known as someone who was in, you know particularly uh, intelligent or cautious um, in The Witcher Three he's presented as someone who's like learning from that now. And it's mm. kind of adapting. Um, but like because the game does give you the freedom to kind of choose between him being this kind of uh you know all out kind of action hero or this person who maybe makes mistakes. Because that the great thing about the Witcher is well, there's lots of missions you can fail. Um, mm. which you know don't have a massive impact again as in the whole story, but you can fail side quests. 
Um, uh, there's a very uh, well-known site or actually main quest in the game called uh, the Baron. Um, and the Baron has an illegitimate child and it's up to you uh, to figure out how to kind of uh, to solve that situation. And it turns out the Baron has actually been beating his wife. He's treated the kid very poorly, even though he's told his bids big sob story but you're given a moment in the game to kind of say well look i still feel really bad for the guy because he just wants his, his kid back but he's also he's told me he's beating his wife which way do you want to do it um and you can become this kind of very pally pally kind of toxic oh we'll just mm. brush all this terrible uh awful uh, sh- sh- you know uh, chauvinistic behavior under the rug and move on uh or or berate him and make him feel terrible and awful about it which i did um, I was like, no, man, it's terrible. I'm going to help you. You're a piece of shit. Like, why would you do that? Like, where's your wife? I'm going to help your wife. You killed her. That's terrible. Um, so it does depend how you kind of play it. Um, but I think overall in the story, no, he's given enough uh, complexity um, and 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 depth to to not just be kind of, you know, the, the brawny kind of action hero, if that makes sense. Cool. But um, but yeah, I love Geralt, um, which I've never mentioned in this podcast before. So that must be a huge surprise <laughs> to everyone um, that I picked that. Um, well, I'm, I was so sure you're going to do Snake, dude. I like I'm looking at my I've notes here. Uh, mm. I've, I really I just I don't know, man. Like I, I if I look to the left and right of my PC, right, because people don't know this, I collect um, like action figures and stuff. Snake is the the one I have the most. I have like mm. eight of them. Um, mm. But I just. What, why do you love Snake? Like, I suppose, would, would you have picked him? Would you have been in your top kind of, uh, your, your favorite? Well, I haven't done, haven't done my favorite yet. Maybe <gasps> I have picked him. I haven't. Oh, I uh, I'll say that. But he absolutely would be one of my favorite. But I think, yeah, you're right. Like, how much could you talk? Like, he's a, he's a well-written character. He is. But I think we just love him because we were little boys when we played the game. And he is this interpret, like, this cool interpretation of an action hero. And he has cool one-liners. Do you have any family, Snake? <laughs> no. I was raised by many people so but i'm like yeah i, I ate that shit up yeah, yeah, yeah. you know when yeah. i was young but um i just think he's he's one of the coolest video game characters ever made and he's in a game that's also quite goofy so he's also yeah. quite a goofy character you know and he's got cake it's, yeah so the, and that's why i couldn't really land on him because i want the podcast to have some sort of credibility um mine's gone um but uh, for as a whole we could have some um but so for you then who who is someone and firstly did this person Jump straight out, or I shouldn't say it could be another no. hedgehog, might not be a person. Well, you're not far off, actually. But honestly, <laughs> honestly, let me tell you, let me tell you. Um, I just noticed that we've the way we've ordered these, we've kind of done it. Uh, it's going to be a sass sandwich, yeah. the bread, it's going to be neg- negativity at the beginning and negativity at the end, and all that. Our, 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 our listeners love it that way. <laughs> our favorite characters in the middle, but I hope it's not like too masturbatory. We allow me to, can I, can I, can I talk about some of the ones I almost wanted to choose? But I decided not to go for this angle, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So if I was like, I'm really glad you talked about a character who you think is like really well written and like well portrayed mm-hmm. and, you know, because that's not, I've not gone for that. So that's cool. We've done okay, different good. things. If I was going for well written uh, characters in a story uh, driven way, it'd be the trio of Last of Us. I think I was thinking of Joel, uh, Ellie and Abby. Yeah. Uh, just like really well written human characters. I was thinking of um, as a character who's you putting yourself into a game i was thinking of a commander shepherd yeah you know just this malleable kind of character who you can kind of form into whoever you want to be and you know how they interact with the world and i kind of ended up instead going for character design and how that relates to the gameplay 
how that relates to the gameplay and how that is to control, mm-hmm. you know, as the players. And also, I ma- I realized I could do that and talk about a game I really really love. So <laughs> so that's all. So that's always good. always helps. Yeah. So I, like, listen, this, this this might not be important to many people. I don't know. I was playing the new Ratchet and Clank recently enough, and Ratchet and Clank comes from that era of you know 3D mascot 3D platformers. You know what all all the different characters, but he's they've survived so long that they're still getting games now. You know, I think it's only Mario who's still doing that. You know, from that from that era. You know, um, but uh, Ratchet and Clank are um, separated in that game, and they get and Ratchet, Ratchet meets a new robot called Kit, I think, and she's this new robot who he straps to his she, he straps her to his back, and at the same time gets new rocket boots. Oh. she's like here take these rocket boots great day and i'm sitting there going and this might be the most unimportant thing ever i'm sitting there going you got a new robot character on your back why didn't the designers design it so that Could robot the, has rockets yeah, yeah. why do why does ratchet need a couple of boots to put on and it's so it feels nitpicky saying it <laughs> one half of my brain is that's nitpicky wank how dare you you've already done the shadow argument now you're following it up with this you know <laughs> but the other half of my brain goes is the days of good visual character design over you know i love a character that doesn't need to like collect a bunch of items who's it's all in the character already and Mm -hmm. this is really kind of we're in the kind of action platformer kind of genre here i love samus aaron for example she wears a power suit and all your skills you get in the game is augmenting that suit it's like elegant so in terms of (laughs) <laughs> you just talked about Geralt of Rivia. I'm going to embarrass myself. No, so much. I don't. No, you know, I, I, I think character... it's a monster hunter. Like it's not. It's not cool. <laughs> the, the, the character I chose. It's actually characters. Okay. Perfect design married to gameplay is Banjo and Kazooie. <laughs> of course. I, <laughs> so... I, I genuinely think I could have could have guessed it. Say that genuinely. So yeah, I've done two fucking platformer characters. <laughs> so we have we have a hedgehog. Right. We have uh, the bear. <laughs> Oh no, you're right when you put it like that. Yeah, that was all sound he is dressed so as a furry right now. He is, he is wearing I am, a yeah, guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But listen, I don't have much to say on this, okay? Like, maybe I could have talked about fucking Ellie for longer and maybe it would have been more, meaning- <laughs> it would have been more meaningful. It's like, I think Ellie is genuinely it's incredible. Written But um, Banjo is a bear with a backpack on his bag. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Lynn, you got this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Banjo's a bear with a backpack. Uh, in the backpack is his buddy Kazooie, who's a bird. Yeah. Banjo and Kazooie, they don't gain items or gain levels. They learn new moves throughout the game. That's the character progression system in that game. And everything they learn is based around the fact that it's a bear with a bird <laughs> in his backpack. Yeah. And it's all character-based. And I don't know if the like the people at Rare in the nineties like patted themselves on the back for coming up with just a perfect character design. Mm-hmm. In that in terms of you can marry every bit of gameplay into the core fundamentals of that character's design. So you gotta start learning Kazooie can shoot eggs out of her mouth. She can poke her legs out of the bag and run on her legs instead and carry Banjo around and she cool. runs faster. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it's all really good. And then in Banjo Tooie, which is you know but by the way, it has to be stated. These are two. Of, these are two, unironically, of my favorite games of all time, yeah, yeah. and they're often cited as being very of their time. But I have the kind of radical opinion 
that a lot of games in their genre haven't done the things they've done as well, mm-hmm. even like 25 years later. So I hold on to them, but also they're games I played when I was nine. So who fucking, who fucking knows? You know, I have that, that brain pokies yeah, that yeah, it gives yeah. me, you know, the, the, yeah, ser- the yeah. serotonin that they give me. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie and its sequel, Banjo-Tooie, are also very different. Kazooie is very quick and uh, crunchy and like, you know, Tui is more exploratory with larger levels, you know? And some people prefer one over the other. I think the fact that there only ended up being two main games in that series, you know, two main games, they now complement each other really well. But what's really cool about Banjo Tui is that you gain the ability to split them apart. So you only control Banjo and then, or you only control Kazooie. And again, just absolute genius thing. Because now, what, what new moves can Banjo learn when he has an empty backpack and everything he learns is based around using his backpack he can yeah, put yeah. it over his head to block from projectiles he can grab things and put them into his backpack he can sleep in his backpack like a sleeping bag and he can gain his health back kazooie is now free and she can fly uh, to fly in that game to carry banjo you need to expel um items called feathers but because she's not carrying banjo she can fly eternally now so that's mm. like mate, let's you get further things i'm just like it's not like Ellie or Geralt in that kind of, in, in that kind of protagonist way, as in the well-written character who I kind of, you know, love, you know, in a kind of a literary way or a character who I relate to. But I just think it's cool to design a character mm-hmm. and marry it, marry it to the gameplay that well, you know? It's, I think it's, it's as smart and it's as ingenious and it's as impressive uh, to create characters that literally the gameplay revolves around in such a way. Because like with Geralt yeah. or Ellie, you could just write two other, you know, basically humans and put them in, and there you go. The game doesn't change that dramatically, but you change up the design of, of Banjo and Kazooie, and you have a completely different game. Um, it's true, and, you know, and, so and it's a great show. What's really interesting about it is that Banjo Kazooie, the project, began as a completely different game for the Super Nintendo called Project Dreams. Hmm. Um, that was an isometric fantasy-based thing, and it ended up going into development it hell and a. Yeah, and it ended up going to development hell and the team brought the project over to the N64 and essentially kind of, you know, in a nice way, were inspired by Mario 64 and changed it from a fantasy adventure into a kind of a 3D platformer and recreated the characters when they changed genre. So in, in their own in their own game, Banjo-Kazooie design-wise came late-ish, you know? Um, so that's interesting that, that I for me, that kind of indicates that they realized they were changing genre. So instead of a, he, you can see the original guy online. He's kind of a, a wannabe Link, kind of a little guy with a okay. sword. But when they were like, now name the game is actually going to be exploring these worlds and traversing them, you know, vertically. Make him a bear. Let's let's design characters around that, you know. And I just think they're great. And that's all like, you know, my reasons I love them as a gameplay. But I'll try to, you know, I'll try. I'll see, let's see how this goes. I'll try to justify this. I'll try to do this little kind of narrative thing. Okay. <laughs> I'll never compliment English. But but here I am, okay. <laughs> in a in, in a world in the world of platformers I was playing at the time, you know, the Sonics and the Mario's, you know, a lot of you know, you know, from Japan. Mm-hmm. I just think it's still like a huge novelty to play rare games and how very very English they are, yeah. And how Banjo and Kazooie are, are so lightly characterized as Banjo is just very affable and kind of polite and Kazooie is, you know, a bit of a shithead and she insults people and that it's not great. It doesn't sound great, but even in Banjo Tooie, when the writing is a bit sharper, you generally get some laughs and it's, there's a very Britishness to them. Yeah. Like Conquer very kind well. of same kind of vibe as Conquer. Yeah, exactly. The, the Britishness is so, so important to the character. Yeah. Everyone remembers Banjo just being like, Doo-ha! and just being kind of a goofy like bear. But in the, in the, in the second one, there's a very Britishness to him where 
you can kind of tell he's he he's kind of over all the wacky characters meet shit, but he's just very polite. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> he's and and, and Kazooie is, is the opposite. She's a loudmouth, and it's been a long journey for video game representation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, all right, you're stretching. Right? You're I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing it because let's remember the era when like uh, Bioshock Infinite couldn't have their female like second lead character on the box art. Remember, Naughty Dog had to fight oh, yeah. to get Ellie. Yeah. had to fight to get Ellie on there. But so, you know, you go back to the nineties and what were what's the popular female character? I know Laura Laura Croft is like beloved, but yep. she was also highly sexualized. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was a long time when a lot of your know, mainstream female main characters in games had to have that kind of you know sexual aspect and sexualized aspect because they thought men were playing it, you know, and boys. Yeah. Okay, Kazooie's a girl. And I'm not, <laughs> and oh, the angle I'm going this, at here is this going here <laughs> Banjo and Kazooie mm-hmm. are a male, female, platonic, completely platonic you think so? friendship, oh, friendship okay. that exists in this, and it's not talked about, and it's so like refreshing and nice, mainly because it's so normal. But despite how normal it is, you don't see it in games like it's always love interest or the badass girl who's you it know, is, yeah. yeah. I just think there's something so fucking quaint about how unfussy the characters of Vandu Kazooie are. And I will admit their relationship is never really stated, but I think they're just housemates just friends, and yeah. best friends. Yeah. Do you think it's because they're different species though? Or because... Well, everyone's different species in that game, so I don't know how that, how that works. Yeah, how do you they know? get reproduced? That's a bigger question. I don't know. We don't have time to go into that. But I think I'll wrap that up there. Um... <laughs> have you done an episode on Vandu Kazooie? No, I don't know what angle I... As much as I love them, I don't know what I could talk about for an whole episode. I think you've like, just figured it out. The... I think I think this might be it for now. Anyway, I think that might be my little banjo segments. I truly love them, though. Like I like I said, I could have went many different angles and who what characters I picked, but I didn't kind of choose this one to be kind of weird. I do think like the things I said about their character design. I wouldn't choose Jack and Daxter, for example, because I remember even as a kid, I loved the original Jack and Daxter and two and three, but I predicted first one. I remember as a kid, I remember noting that Jack does all the moves and Daxter is just standing on his shoulder and saying quips. He, there's yeah. no gameplay to him, you know? Yeah. And I was like, immediately I was like, nah, rare did not do that with Vanjo Kazooie. It's all designed around like the duo. If you're going to have a duo of main characters, why, why don't, why don't they do things in tandem with each other? You know? Yeah. Now I did begin this with a little mini rant about Ratchet and Clank, but Ratchet and Clank have always had propellers on Clank and you know, pulling Ratchet around and stuff like that. This is just one example that I neatly, fitted into my narrative you know <laughs> so, so Ratchet and Clank are good ones as well I think as well I, I think I just like the um what you call it the ambition of having two main characters yeah almost kind of uh, controls as a single player and kind of figuring out how they work together and stuff I think it's cool I think more need to we need to get that back again you know I don't I, it's a shame it's a game you don't hear talked about that much anymore or see for the mega fans yeah I, yeah I I think it's talked about all the time but it's only because I have my ear to the ground yeah. it's very it's like how I thought Monkey Island was going to be this monkey this monkey on six was going to be this huge, huge. Yeah. talked about thing but it's only because i'm just like it's the word in, like I'm, I'm, yeah exactly but banjo is definitely beloved like when he was announced for smash brothers people freaked out yeah. it was a huge, a huge deal fan, so yeah. it's just that he the rare was rare was bought by microsoft and there was there was i think two banjo kazooie game boy advance games and then there was nuts and bolts which is very much derided and not look back fondly so it does kind of feel like there was only like two banjo games in 1998 and 2000 i think that's kind of why it's been 23 years marcy you know they're kind of i literally 
shed many tears when they were announced for Smash Brothers. I thought because when I played Smash Brothers on the N sixty four, the original one, like it didn't make sense to me that Banjo and Kazooie wouldn't be there. They yeah. they were as important as Mario and Donkey Kong and Link as Nintendo protagonists, but didn't realize that they weren't actually Nintendo. And then Rare were bought by Microsoft, and that dream ended. So it was it was kind of like. When Banjo Kazooie announced for Smash Brothers, I was like, "What? What? I, what now? Like, what do I? What, <laughs> what do, do I, I want what now?" I <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at That's Halloween it. we could go. We could dress up as Banjo Kazooie. I could. Oh God, who's going to be who? Because I, I don't think Kazooie. I could. No, I don't think I could carry you. I think I'm yeah, too weak. Be in the be in the little backpack. Um, and Banjo is from Cumbria. Weirdly, Cumbria has come up twice. In, is uh, this canon? Is this the thing? Yeah, it is now. Yeah, <laughs> from Banjo. Uh, well, that's great. I'm glad we picked two characters. That Me too have like such we such different reasons for liking them and so complete different aspects yeah. of video gaming it's really cool um like i'm actually not gonna spend that much time talking about the one i dislike the most yeah sure. um because i, I actually get really annoyed about it but it, it is interesting the way i mean it, maybe this is a john thing um because i did do a little bit of looking around to see was it this character is disliked as much as i dislike them mm. and the answer was actually quite a strong no um oh, which yeah, I, oh, I love that which I, was, I was very surprised about Ooh, um, controversial take hot takes and even asked death um I, I went through like you did i went through a bunch of kind of characters i didn't like in gaming like Raiden was the first person that jumped out of my mind um against that's just you know, metal gear um mm. but Raiden's not that bad i like i, think, I quite like Raiden. yeah i think yep. years later um yeah you know i am sad that kojima i think it's only one of the few times kojima's kind of backtracked and kind of gave fans what they wanted they made he made yeah. this crazy super soldier and made him incredibly cool I, I didn't think, I think we said it. that. I think we said that in our episode on. I think we did. Four, didn't we? Yeah, hey, everyone, check out that episode. That was yeah. last time. I think that was last time you and I did one. Just it, it was two of us, episode actually. fifty. What? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, we're on. I have no idea what episode we're on now. Um, but uh, so I imagine a few. But and this is a character you you don't know that well. And it's actually an episode we said we would do later because I know Kevin Owen played the game. Um, yep. But it is V um, from Cyberpunk. Yeah. And so obviously. Also, CD Project Red. Yeah, uh, yeah, you right? went for oh, the, the, the duality of CD Project I Red. I, I, I says to Liam earlier, I genuinely didn't actually even realize that until just that we were doing the podcast. I was like, oh my god, um, interesting. And there, it's like the approach they took to write Geralt or Yennefer or Triss or any character really in The Witcher. To me, they just did the. They just decided, fuck, it, let's just drop all of that. Let's uh, take the most basic shell of what we think a protagonist of the video game should be. Let's presume the guys playing this game, you know, only play Call of Duty games. Um, they just love first-person shooters. Let's make him this very, very boring everyman, okay? But mm-hmm. I presume they then thought, but we'll give the players the choice to shape that character and really create, you know, that character into somebody into the game. But then obviously they fucking run out of time because that's what Cyberpunk is, right? So okay. that's maybe me giving them a bit of, you know, say okay you know maybe it's not entirely their fault but this is true that i i was hyped for cyberpunk more than any other game i've actually been hyped up for mm-hmm. and um i actually didn't experience a lot of the bugs and the brokenness a lot of people experienced i played it on pc and it, it ran mostly fine um the reason i stopped playing was because of v um and this is going to sound harsh now because i'm going to get this is very subjective i think but the minute I boot up Cyberpunk, and I, I you can cho- cho- choose a male V or a female V, I went with male because of my insecurities, um, <laughs> and, and, obviously. And uh, within within ten minutes of hearing V's voice, I was like, "Oh, I, that just doesn't work for me." 
Like that just oh, are you are you ripping on the voice actor now? So I'm just I, doing their job like so here, yeah. I don't want to be mean, um, uh, Gavin Drea. Uh, <laughs> should be, <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's just be honest. Take the gloves off. Um, it's just there's two things that are wrong, that are wrong here. So it, it definitely is the fact that they said that uh, V in Cyberpunk, who basically is like this gun for hire. Um, you know, you can choose one of three backgrounds for Cyberpunk. You can be a corporate background, kind of a Mad Max background, or this kind of you know. Uh, how would you call it, like emo punk, kind of a Blade Runner ripoff kind of background. Yeah, yeah. Sure. None of the mean fucking jack shit, as people know, played the game later on. Um, it's just to kind of change the intro. But the idea that V really is just has been dropped into the criminal world and is now suddenly, you know, a gun for hire, trying to work their way up to kind of, you know, be a big time, you know, criminal, criminal, excuse me, uh, in Night City. Um, it's just very cliched. It's just it's it doesn't even reference other movies in a way it's just kind of like you know they've just taken the most banal and bland and kind of hollow points of other characters in video games and try to attach them to v so v um again look i really am sorry gavin drea um but what he tries to do with the character is just make him this really really streetwise tough kind of urchin and so he'll he you know he he swears a whole bunch i don't mind swearing a video game at all i really really don't mind but if I ever read something or hear something or in a movie and I see a character repeatedly swearing again and again and again, where it's like the part of their personality, I'm like, it's just lazy. It's boring. And my ear just kind of doesn't like it. Maybe I'm a prude. I, I don't think. Am I a prude, Liam? He's nodding. I, I, I dropped a C-bomb on this podcast yeah. for that earlier you on. Did. That? You did. How, did. how did that feel? It's my last episode. Um, I'm not going to... I'm leaving. Um, Do you know what I've never done? It could be like one of those um, uh, bucket list things. I've never actually added a beep to a swear before in my life with editing. I might actually do that with this one. And now the viewers can go. That's they can hear They can hear, they can hear this part. But are, we're, fun. But we're actually going to release this episode like Memento. That's the interesting point. We're going to break it up and really, really confuse the listener. Um, but like, and look, I don't know if you've ever had that. Like there's bad voice acting, right? Where, you know, you just seem like they don't, uh, they're kind of just not a good actor. Kind of like the laziness of the lines or... We, we, me and Liam and we watched a bad movie um, uh, <laughs> at the weekend called Razor Sharp uh, which is like yeah, obviously nice. a, you know, getting it in there terrible movie right I can't even be mentioning it but like real budget stuff there's bad acting in that and bad delivery because they can't act right it's not their profession mm. really um, this voice actor it is his profession it is what he does um, it was just he hammed up this kind of New York approach um, where he's this real tough guy and you know everything is you know it's my way or the highway and all this kind of stuff and it's exhausting it's like within the first like hour of the game you're just like i really wish my main character couldn't speak um because every time i go into a long way of dialogue and i have to select something or press something listening to him was just so so painful and i've never is, had is it really really that bad to, to me it is now i have to be honest mm. um i did find a few reddits i had to go deep <laughs> i'm not lying um, but i had to go to, to a few um that people did find it was just very grating that they kind of said, look, we're going to pick a very specific uh, archetype for V here as a male, as a man, and make him this very bravado character, um, mm. and that's it. We're kind of sticking with it. Uh, the female choice of V is is just the exact opposite. It's I and I mm. did eventually change when I went to play the game on uh, PS5. Um, she is, and I can't remember her name, which is awful, so I'm trying to praise her. Um, thanks a lot, Gavin. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, she she is like she has this incredible approach where kind of similar to um, the voice actor in uh, Mass Effect, um, whose name Jennifer Hale. Jennifer Hale. Um, yeah, hey. you know she has this amazing kind of ability to 
to deliver lines in a way where it gives you as a gamer the choice to kind of be aggressive, be happy, be melancholy with the answers you're giving, which again is what cyberpunk is about. It's about dialogue choices and and change the, the, the path of the story. He doesn't do that. He just says, I'm going to do the exact same delivery for everything you do. Am I sad? Well, I'm going to sound the exact same as I'm angry. And it's, it's just tough because it's a big game. It's like a 50 hour game. Um, And so I kind of thought to myself, you know, because again, like all jokes aside, voice acting is really, really tough. Um, and I'll say, also, also, like the last two voice actors I've seen really been dogpiled on of whooping like women, and it's really exhausting to see yeah. people like hate because they get really personal. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's the voice it's actors solid. for Zelda and the verse the voice actors for Ada Wong and Resident Evil Four, and it's just like it's a hard job. Fucking get over it. Like, are you saying it to me now? No, Jesus, okay, no, sorry, actually wasn't. I thought that we were getting. I, really that was one of those times when I had an argument I wanted to make, and there was no one. You know, people do that. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. tweet. People tweet like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no one to direct it to. So who, who am I talking? You are about? right. It's it's such a because yeah. like gaming is very subjective, so it's very very hard to give a delivery um, and please everyone, right? And I think yeah. we, we talked about this in our more more recent episodes which was also a really good episode. I can't remember whenever it was, um, where we talked about kind of uh, <laughs> fanboying a bit and kind of the, yes, the toxic yes. you know, culture of video gaming right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm genuinely not being that guy where I'm like, you know, oh, that's not how I want my character to sound. It, it, it just to my ear, I was like, oh, this is really grating. Um, mm-hmm. And so I played about, I think I played about 17 or 18 hours with Male V and mm-hmm. dropped it um on pc I, I wasn't having many bugs really that many a, a few but it was running mostly okay and picked up them with with um uh, with female v it's just a totally different experience far more engaging far more immersive um which is weird because i had actually written a bunch of uh stuff here in my docs to talk about me putting a lot of the blame at uh, the door of the writers uh for cyberpunk um it's still not that strong but Male V and female V have the exact same writing. They have the exact same, right. uh, the exact same background, the exact same responses. They have the same story and path. Nothing changes um, uh, when you choose the other one. Um, so it ends up being like, I just, sorry, Gavin. Like I just, Gav, you know, I just really didn't like your performance. Um, but then I'm thinking, is that a fair way to kind of pick as a character? Oh, that's my most. It's all you. It's the only point you. You. You're really. The, the performance really kind of just soured the whole thing. It's. It's very interesting. Like honestly, it's never happened before. I don't think it's. Yeah. It's in any medium. I like. Do you know? One thing I was growing up, and I don't know, not to love my parents. I say it right away. But my parents would do a thing. <laughs> my parents have watched. I think they're some tourists. They've watched. They watch so much TV, so many movies. That they really have. They know their stuff. Um, can't remember half of it, but they definitely do have seen it all. Um, but my dad would be famous for saying, like, you know, someone will pop on the screen. And I remember it being Bill, pa- Bill Paxton. Now, Bill Paxton is, you know, God rest his soul. He's lovely. My dad hated him. And he would pop up in a movie. And my dad, so he'd go, oh, Bill Paxton. Is he in this? And mom was like, yeah, he is, yeah. So I'm not <laughs> watching this. And as a kid, I'd be like, I don't, I can't understand that. I can't, yeah. like, look at, you disliking an actor or a character in something so much, you're like, I'm out of the whole movie, the whole experience. If Cyberpunk only had Gavin Dreyer's mm. voice acting, I, 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 I'd never, couldn't have gotten through it. I couldn't have played so it. So interesting. Yeah. Do you want to remind me of, do you remember during the pandemic when a lot of 
actors from old properties like Lord of the Rings and from Back in the Future were being gathered on Zoom for these yeah. reunions. Yeah. I was like, this is actually a wonderful thing, very positive thing to be doing in this time, you know, when like things can't be made and stuff like that. It's always hosted by Josh Gad. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's one of mine. Yeah, I <laughs> it's, kind of that. similar. it's kind of similar. It's kind of similar. Yeah. It was actually his idea. So half of me is kind I of like, that. that's a brilliant <laughs> idea. I wish someone else made it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Poor Josh. I get that though. He's, he's mm. it, mine is Jonah Hill and that kind of acting thing. I just think. He's... Well, you've been you've been vindicated. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is oh, up with like this? Not, not intentional. Yeah. Funny we talked about topical games. Like, <laughs> that's actually don't do that. That's the pr- <laughs> the pressure on this podcast to finish games as quick as they come out. It's hard enough as it is. Um, oh, sorry, if we were monetized, I might try, but. Not, yeah, not, no, not, a, not a minute before that. Yeah, drop, drop <laughs> going to be playing. Though, you know, send us some money. Um, we might put more effort in then. Probably not. What makes this podcast fun is the fact we can choose to talk about whatever we want. If, if, if there was a pressure to be current, bitch, I better be getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, to wrap that up, look, you know, it's uh, it, it was a kind of a point that I was halfway down the road of talking about or like thinking mm. about. And I think oh, maybe I shouldn't follow this through. Because it's, I, it's, it's unfair to say I dislike a character so much because of that I, performance. That's interesting, though. I do find yeah, it. But it's, yeah, but it, it literally stopped me playing a game, and I, I had a long think about it myself. Like, is it a character flaw again in me? Um, oh, no. Again, you introspection. Can, yeah, your just, character yeah, choices. <laughs> again, yeah. as I said, the same way in that therapist. Um, but again, sorry, Gavin. You did your best. Um, everyone else not loved good it. Good enough, Gav. No. Uh, hope you're not in the DLC, because if you are, <laughs> guess I'm not playing that. Uh, anyway. Uh yeah, but any, any other final thoughts, uh, Liam? Anything else uh, to say as we wrap up uh, this episode of the Halo Doesn't Matter? Nothing except that we genuinely didn't tell each other what we were choosing, and it's kind of fun that you, you, you your two were both CD Projekt Red projects, so they kind of married to each other and kind of, you know, complement each other. And I kind of chose two platforming characters. So that's kind of, you know, complements each other as well. If only I had anything gameplay wise to say about shadow instead of just like <laughs> bitching about him dude i i i picked i actually picked a human <laughs> i picked gavin drea i didn't even, yeah, yeah, I didn't even pick a video game character that is actually it. i didn't realize that till just now yeah you've chosen a poor man <laughs> imagine if you listen to the podcast if he did i would i'll we can talk we can we can sort it out we can yeah. figure it out it's not it's not uh, an, an end uh, in cause um Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Um, this was another episode of the Hey, Look, Listen podcast. Um, please talk to your friends about us. Um, I don't mean the podcast. I mean about me and Liam. Uh, we're trying to expand our friend networks right now as we approach 40. <laughs> uh, so we'd love all that we can get. Uh, but seriously, share us everywhere. Uh, Instagram. Uh, I was going to say Twitter. It's not Twitter. It's X now. Fucking yeah, very topical thing. Amazing. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, love you all, and bye bye until next time. Bye everyone. Thank you. Bye.